Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. This episode that you're about to listen to is one that my kids were really excited about. They actually made me go find this person on TikTok. And man, I'm glad I did. I'm talking about London Lazarson. Go find him on TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, follow him on Instagram. Now, London is a smart, funny, and witty guy racking over 4 million followers on TikTok alone. I think we can all learn something from from this guy. He has been able to connect with people on social media to grow these virtual relationships, and he he tells us some of his secrets. So pay attention. You may want to listen to this one twice, take a lot of notes. Here we go. Welcome back to Brilliant Thoughts, and today we've got a special guest. You're going to want to check TikTok out for this one, London Lazarson. London, welcome to the show, man. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me. I'm, uh, I've been excited for this opportunity. Dude, well, I was looking forward to it for a while now because I've got, <laughs> I've got two kids that follow you on TikTok. Yeah. And so yeah. when I said, "Hey, hey, I'm going to be interviewing uh, London," and like, "What?" Like, Dad, let me sh- let me show you what he does, and I'm like, okay, your kids show are me. hip, yeah, your kids are hip, dude. I got to tell you, I was cracking up, and the <laughs> things that you do there are are very very engaging, and I I love that you found this rhythm and you found mm-hmm. this this niche that you say you've got 4.3 million followers as of today, but yeah, <laughs> it's crazy dude, over the. Over the last month, you've exploded even more. Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, people always told me, and I can kind of verify this information having been through it, but they always say, social, like when trying to gain a following, the first million is the hardest and it could take you 10 years. Uh, and you'll be very surprised after you hit a million how easy it is or kind of the ex- exponential growth. And I've, I've experienced that. Um, I've been making videos for about six years now and I've had no success following wise. I don't really deem my success to following, but that's a pretty good indicator that you are making engaging content and people are watching and laughing. So, um, that's kind of how the world deems, you know, video success right now, especially on TikTok is how many followers you have. And so, yeah, the first million took me about six, eight, six, seven, eight months. And then 2 million was, 10 months and 3 million was a year. Um, And yeah, this last month we put up 80 million views and (laughs) did a million followers in, and what day are we? May 20th. So yeah, the last 20 days, it's been, (laughs) it's been kind of crazy and fun to watch. And um, I, I, you know, it's, you you get on such a high that you're like, how do I, you you learn more about yourself because you're like, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? How do I do that again? So hopefully we can replicate and have a few more months like that this year. Dude, that's true. That's a great question that you ask yourself. I'm going to ask you about that a little bit later. I have a question for you about your first video because I was reading up on you and 
One of the things that I read was your first video on Facebook was in 2016 with the bubblegum video. The bubblegum. Yeah. Can you tell me about that and what your <laughs> expectations were of that first? Yeah. So the bubblegum, the infamous bubblegum video is what me and my team called it. And that kind of wrapped my mind at an early, at the early stages around what, you know, social media really is. And so before that, I was still making videos, but that was the first video where I was like, I want to make something funny and I want to try to go viral. So I had this idea just for the listeners who haven't seen the video. I had this idea because I saw uh, a video on Facebook a couple days prior to this of an archer. He pulls back his arrow and then the camera flips and there's a kid with an apple sitting on his head. And the camera just goes back and forth. And this archer's like right on the verge of releasing the arrow and he never does. And it had like 80 million, 100 million views. I'm like, Okay, first of all, it's a genius idea. It's hilarious. It, it makes people mad, but it makes people watch the whole video. So I was like, how can I adapt that and do my own? And then I had the idea to chew bubble gum, a big lot of bubble gum for five mm -hmm. minutes straight and never blow mm -hmm. bubble and title it, I just broke the record for the biggest bubble, you know, world's biggest bubble. And yeah, that I, I put that video up not expecting anything. It was just kind of my first crack and I remember I was actually sitting in a meeting kind of like this and my phone just started buzzing, 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 buzzing. And I couldn't take out my phone because I was, I think I was trying to land a job or something. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I leave the meeting and I open it and there, I, I think I have like 1600 Facebook notifications. And at that point, that was just ridiculous to me. And I had people reaching out to me who are acquaintances saying, hey, I saw this video. And long story short, that video on my page actually only had 50,000 views, but it was stolen by every single meme page known to man. And I did, I did some math, some simple math, and figured out that in that first week, it did 80 million views. Uh, <laughs> but it was stolen. Wow. So my name wasn't on anything. So kids back home, like... It's a little bit better today. You get a lot more credit today. But back then it was the Wild West. Memes were the Wild West. I got no credit. And so that kind of, you know, that kind of put a chip on my shoulder. I'm like, wow, I just broke Facebook for a few days there. Yeah. Nobody knows that was me. I need to, I need to figure out how to do it again. It took me mm. six years to do it again. That's nuts, man. All right. So look, I, I look at your TikTok and then I look <laughs> at your Instagram. It's it's night and day too, right? Why yeah. do you why do you think that is that TikTok allows for creative people like you, right, to grow mm -hmm. so fast versus something like Instagram? Okay, there's there's a few different there's a few different reasons. I'll start here. So Instagram in its early phases, which I like to call the acquiring phase when they are just trying to acquire app downloads and profiles. So Instagram went through that phase in like 2010 to 2012, where they were just letting the algorithm stay wide open so that the creators that were putting their time, money and effort into their app were getting noticed. What the acquiring phase does, if you're acquiring creators, the next phase is acquiring businesses and so once they have their like top tier of creators per se, let's say they need a million profiles with over 100,000 followers, I, and I don't know. 
but let's say they have like a tier figured out. Now it's like, okay, cut the algorithm. Nobody else is going to grow on this app because we want businesses to pay these creators and in the long run, start paying for ads, which is what stage they're in right now, right? You, I mean, the best place to advertise right now is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, right? Because they've already been through the acquiring phase. They already have yeah. the millions and billions of eyes every single day on their platform. So TikTok is in that first stage, the acquiring stage. They're literally, the, the algorithm is wide open. It's getting narrower and narrower every day, like as we speak but it is still open for the creator. And as you can start to tell, if you're ever scrolling Facebook or TikTok, you'll start to see that there are ads and businesses are making profiles yep. and they are paying for advertisement. So pretty soon here, I've told my team, I've told people around me that I give it 12 more months to be in this like creator acquiring phase. And then it's just gonna move full into business because that's where the money is. And it, it, is, just a, it is just a closed loop, right? You get more creators, you'll get more businesses. Businesses will pay you more. So TikTok will pay the creators more. And then you'll get more creators, which will give you more businesses, which will give TikTok more money, which will give the creators more money. Because in reality, creators like myself are the only reason these apps ever work, right? If you didn't have Instagrammers, you wouldn't have businesses paying hundreds of thousands of months to run ads not only through influencers, but also as an actual ad placed on the platform. So that's, that's true, why man. we're just in the acquiring phase of TikTok. That makes sense. And and YouTube does that so well as well. I mean, they understand that their creators make it happen. YouTube's the best. So tell me on, on TikTok, you are, dude, you're a rock star on TikTok. What else are you eyeing and saying, I want to grow my presence here? What does that look yeah. like? Yeah, I mean, it, the goal uh, the goal is to be omni-channel, right? Meaning you're big on Instagram and you're big on YouTube. So, and I, I have a funnel, like mentally. TikTok's the top of the funnel. That's where I can acquire all my fish. That's where I can mass produce views, make a little bit of money, and then it trickles down to Instagram, right? So when a, viral, when a video goes viral, I always gain a couple thousand on Instagram. Now the trick is how do I take my Instagram following and turn that into to YouTube? And I'm, I'm still in the TikTok phase because to me, it's like, okay, one, I go viral weekly on TikTok. Two, I'm making a living off of TikTok. So why not keep feeding that until something doesn't work? And then I can kind of focus on those other platforms. But I do things regularly to promote my Instagram and my YouTube because I know you have to be you, have to, you just have to be omni-channel to have quote unquote made it, right? When people find you on TikTok and they go to your YouTube and you have, I, I think I have 2000 subs on there. They go, oh, this guy's not the real deal. You know, that's still, that still <laughs> happens. But I think, again, you give TikTok 12 months, I think it's going to start to take a bigger market share out of so. YouTube and out of Instagram. And so I'm kind of placing all my eggs in the same basket which I don't necessarily like, but it's been paying off right now. So I hope it pays off later. Other than that, I'm full in on traditional acting. Uh, so I have an agent. We audition every week, just trying to land bigger and bigger gigs commercially and uh, movie wise. So I think that's oh, nice. one layer of me that nobody knows about. Right. Um, which 
Hopefully pretty soon they'll know about that. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I love that. Tell me, tell me something that you, that you're shooting to do acting wise. Cause you, you do such a great job on TikTok, man. It's easy to fall in love with the things you do. You're an easygoing <laughs> guy and it's like, Oh, yeah, why not? Yeah. I love this guy. Yeah. So um, anything cool happening soon? So again, I don't know. I don't know how much I can talk about this, but I'll, I'll give i I'll give a hot take here. Um, I'm actually hosting a game show um, at the end oh, of the year. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a it's a charity driven game show. It's really fun. I'm a big gamer, actually gamer like uh, video games, Xbox, and I used to stream back in the day. But um, so it's kind of charity meets gaming, and it's an idea that I completely fell in love with. Auditioned, Ooh. the creators of the show fell in love with me because of, because of me getting that show. We've actually written two more shows that we're pitching here pretty soon, which I'll obviously audition to be one of the main people. We'll see if they pick me, but um, yeah, that kind of opened up a layer that's been completely hidden from anybody outside of my immediate family. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, where I'm actually from Utah and Utah, the film industry in Utah is just exploding. So I act in a commercial uh, once or twice a month for a face Facebook ads. A lot of, a lot of the big Facebook ads that you actually see on Facebook and YouTube are actually filmed here in Utah. So there's great, there's a oh. great community of filmmakers here that I, I've been introduced to because I was a creative director at an ad agency for the last three years uh, from 2017 to 2020. So that kind of got me into the film industry, but I was always behind the camera directing. And so that kind of helped me figure out, wow, I know how to make money on Facebook because I know how to direct an actor and I know what to say on Facebook. Why don't I try mm. using those little things to create a following and i mean it worked like bread and butter dude um, well you don't need that, that experience to go big on tiktok but it did help me yeah, i'm sure it helped you a lot well look yeah. you your videos on tiktok are are engaging and they're funny they're entertaining right mm-hmm. the the kevin <laughs> the kevin videos are very fun so if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't watched them everybody listening in go and watch those and subscribe to his channel. And he means uh, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. People, Kevin, my whole yeah. life, told me I look like Kevin McAllister. It wasn't until TikTok that I'm like, yeah, I should, do. I should pretend to be him grown up. And then it just, I mean, yeah, Dude, you, yeah. you totally, you totally, <laughs> do. totally, do. which is a great thing. It's not a bad thing. And no, and yeah, then yeah, you, right. you talk about niches. You talk mm-hmm. about finding your niches. You, I think, have three niches, right? Yeah. Yep, three can buckets you, of content. Can you talk about that? Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges for people just trying yeah. to use social. They never feel like they fully fit in. Totally. Talk about the niches. Totally. And I think that is quite literally when my career took off is when I narrowed my niche, right? So I, in t- from like 2015 to 2020, I just wanted to be a comedian, not necessarily a stand-up comedian, just an online funny persona. And that niche is just so broad. There, there are things that make people laugh that don't even come from comedy, right? Like somebody slips and falls. Like there's just too many niches inside of comedy. So I had to, I had to kind of narrow it down. It wasn't until TikTok that I really figured out that if you can find your niche you will grow a following and you will make money from this. It's, it's quite literally that simple because you can hammer it over and over. So my buckets of content, my niches are 
um, Home Alone parodies, and that is so specific. I might be the only, one of the only humans on earth that can really nail that because of my resemblance to Kevin. Some people see it, some people don't, but it works. And then my Tesla content, and then just comedy, just whatever I think of, if it's random, if it's, if I think it's funny, I make a video of it, right? So <laughs> because I have these buckets of content and I know that my Kevin, my Home Alone videos are gonna go viral. They go viral 80, 90% of the time. I know that if I have to, if I need a little spike in engagement, I can make a Kevin video. Mm. My Tesla videos, those are about 50-50. I don't really know which ones are gonna go viral, but I know that they draw a lot of eyes and a lot of engagement. So I know I could dip into that bucket Mm-hmm. If I need it, if I need more engagement, right? It's just a game you play. And then comedy, that's what I really love doing. But I know that those ones aren't going to be engaged just because it's such a broad audience. So when I post a comedy video, I actually follow it up with a Kevin video because what happens is as the Kevin video goes viral, all these eyes come to my page and they go, oh, what was his last post? Oh, he's actually pretty funny. So it's it's this whole... <laughs> It's this whole ecosystem of just converting followers that I've kind of developed on my own. And, you know, it's, it's, it's actually worked out pretty good. <laughs> but the point, well, the point being is, yeah, you want to figure out what works for you. If you're a chef, there are so many chefs in the world. There's yeah. too many on TikTok. So are you a chef that dances? <laughs> are you a chef that does stand-up comedy while he cooks? Are you a chef that sings while he or she cooks? You know, what is your little niche inside of your niche, right? My comedy was parodies of Home Alone and doing funny things to my Tesla. And that's all under comedy. And so that that was really when I was able to really get narrow and figure out what worked and then create your buckets of content, reach in when you need, pull the virality out when you need. And that is when your mind will shift from, "Ah, I just like creating content to, I know exactly what I need to create every single day. And that makes a big difference, dude. I mean, I I started watching one of your videos, and then I went on to the next one, and then I saw you uh, making spaghetti in the backseat of your Tesla. (laughs) I was like, "What?" That was my first. That was my first big hit on TikTok, Um, and I've done it. I've done it probably twenty or thirty times since. That's funny. So tell me, it's sad. sad. tell, Tell me about that because. (laughs) <laughs> That's part of the process for creating content. And yeah. I'm assuming you set a lot of time for this, but people people don't understand that it takes time to, to think about this and process it. How do you take time to create your content and think through it? Yeah, that's that's such a good question. And that is quite literally where every single creator, big or small, gets hung up on. How do you how do you put out a video a day? How do you put out three videos a day, right? How do like are you writing all these down? Are you scripting every one of them? And to me, when I get in that rut of like what video should I make? I usually don't end up making a video because I'm just circulating nonsense, oh. right? Or second guessing my content. The spaghetti video came about because literally I had leftover spaghetti and I wanted to put something red on my white <laughs> Tesla seats that I know don't stain. And I literally went in the fridge and just made that video. And then I think the first one had like 9 million views. And I was like, 
that shifted my brain to just like go out and create. And TikTok, the reason why it was just like a match made in heaven was because TikTok was the only platform that forgave you for making bad content, to be honest. Like you don't need high quality cameras. You don't need a DP. You don't need a director. You don't need heavy editing equipment. Even though I know how to do all those things, you don't need them on TikTok. You need your cell phone and a concept. And so doing that over and over again, anytime I get into a rut where I'm like, I don't know what to film, I literally pull out my phone and just go film something. And in that process, I always strike a glimmer of hope. (laughs) Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but just getting into the state of creating is more important than the pre-production of creating. It's more important than your scripts. It's more important than even the concept. But as a creative, you're always you're always going through concepts. I mean, I can I, I'm kind of a vet in the content creation uh, space now that I can pull them out of pull them out of me on demand. But if you're not like that, you just got to get in the state and actually pull out your phone or your camera and just film something. And then that probably won't be the idea that gets posted but it'll lead to the idea that gets posted. Mm, that's so true. And you know, when, when we speak to other high achievers like yourself, they say the same thing. I mean, one of the things that Seth Godin says is, look, just start writing. You'll eventually get there, right? Totally. And I, I thought, that. that's so brilliant. Dude, you, you just reiterated the exact same thing, which is beautifully said. So thank you. Now You're very welcome. <laughs> there, uh, tell me about your team, because you, you did mention that you you can do this on your own, but I'm assuming totally. now you might bring in other people to help out with the filming. Is that the case now? How does it work? Yeah, we're we're already we're already to that point. So just to kind of give you a high level view of me and or like behind the scenes, we do two two TikTok videos get put out a day, uh, one reel on Instagram, one YouTube short, and then two Snapchat highlights. And two to three trailers. So I'm just trying to, again, just become omni-channel. My only focus that I do personally is TikTok. So I do all the posting. I do all the captions. I do all the comment moderation on TikTok. But I don't have time to do that across six other platforms or five other platforms or whatever it is. So I have somebody who uploads old content or new content, posts, comments, does all that. Mm. And then once a week, I actually batch film all of my content for the whole entire week in one day, every Tuesday. And I have a few team members show up and help me fulfill in that. That's when I shoot all my brand deals and then just TikTok concepts. And then it gets dispersed through them um, later in the week through all the different social medias. And then I have uh, my manager and an agent for traditional TV. So it, it, it does... You do not need all that. You really do not need all that. <laughs> You're like, you don't need that. I, that's why when I when I tell people uh, about my quote unquote come up, I always say I did. I, I, I mean, I did do it alone. I had help along the way. You always do. Friends and family who are willing to hold your phone up for you, but mm-hmm. you really can crack social media stardom uh, completely on your own. I mean, I know people who have you know 10 million followers on TikTok, and they. And they're just now thinking about hiring interns because I put that in their head. They're like, oh, yeah, that, that would be nice. You know, I mean, <laughs> not only are they making more money than me, but they're making higher quality content. It just really depends at what stage you're at. But 
you can do this on your own. Definitely. Dude, I, I love that. So let's talk about sponsors. You brought that up a little bit. And when I when I found you on Instagram and on TikTok, yeah, I see Project Solar. Tell me about that. Cool. So Project Solar, I mean, amongst many sponsorships that I've had, is just a local company actually here in Utah. I know the owner, and that one was kind of a hybrid uh, sponsorship because I was actually the spokesperson for his Facebook ads, his like high produced Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. So we just cut those down, and I posted those on my TikTok, but the. The, the, the cool thing about TikTok is you just never know who's watching your videos. Like if you're a YouTuber and you do cars, right? You do car reviews, you know, car enthusiasts are probably the only people that are going to watch your video, right? Mm-hmm. But on TikTok, I mean, my videos could land on your For You page and maybe we have nothing in common, right? But maybe you have a business and you go, huh, I like this London Labs kid. It's kind of funny. He could promote my socks. And that's when I get all these emails from the most random of products. And that's why I love TikTok. That doesn't happen very much on other social medias because your, your content gets distributed to the people who want your content, which that also has its pros. But the cons mm-hmm. of that is you're not going to get all these business owners reaching out, right? So um, actually, one of my most successful brand deals happened last week. It was with Mixed Tiles. They... They print out your Instagram feed so you can hang it up on the wall. Awesome product. Ooh. Um, we'll be we'll be working a lot more with them just because of the success of that video. I think we did half a million views and 70,000 likes, which for a promotion on TikTok is very, very rare. That's you know, the second you see it, the second you see a promotion on TikTok, you swipe, you swipe away as fast as human possible. As human possible. So that was that was a big win for uh, Team London Laz. But that's a big win, dude. That's like uh, Mr. Beast style of, of <laughs> doing ads, right? Yeah, right. You, right. you engage mean, the audience. Beast is literally a god amongst us peasants. <laughs> yes, but, but dude, that's like uh, that's along those lines, which is pretty awesome that you did that. Yeah, do great. do companies now reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? What's that process? Do you? Have you stopped reaching out to certain companies or, or no? Um, so in the early days, I would say from the time I had like 500,000 followers to probably 3 million. So for most of my time on TikTok, every Monday I would sit down and I would DM 50 brands, 50 oh. brands. I didn't care who the brand was. I didn't care if I liked the product. I just wanted to get in with these brands Partly wasn't even so I could like prov- provide an income for me because there's other ways to make money at the time. But part of it was I need to learn what these brands want to hear from me and what they don't want to hear from me. So I kind of kept tallies of like what conversations were fruitful and which ones weren't and what things I was saying. And every DM was something different. And it was a personal DM. It didn't really start taking off. And this is just so sad, this like status is just getting verified on Instagram. The difference between my response rate before verification and after is off the charts. So Holy now when I DM brands, I, I can guess that they'll at least give me a response. It, it's usually a no. But now, now I'm to the point where, yeah, I get, I get uh, probably a brand a day reaching out, asking for rates, asking for you know how I work, who I've worked with, things like that. And and that makes me excited because 
hopefully it just keeps going up from there because working with brands is just so fun. It's just so fun to be creating content that, you know, they can never think of and seeing if it can move a needle and, and making them money on, on the back end as well. Dude, that, that's awesome. I love that. So ha- did you have to create a whole sponsorship thing, a whole branding kit, or is yeah. that something like, was that a hit or miss or did somebody help you with that? Um, I did it on my own. And again, everything I learned at the agency, I've kind of adapted into my own London Laz format, right? Um, so if you were to reach out to me wanting to do a sponsorship on my TikTok, I just send you a deck and it has slides about me. You can you can actually link to mm. my uh, stats on TikTok. You can see how many views I got. Oh, you can see nice. how many link or how many times somebody went to my profile, how many times they clicked on the link, um, things like that. And then there's a page where it shows all my past brand deals, how successful they were, the ones that won and the ones that lost. Just so you can kind of get an idea that the content is the same quality. It'll be funny. It'll be engaging, mm. but sometimes it's a hit or miss on TikTok right now with it being so volatile. And so that has really helped me convert a lot of, a lot of brand deals. Like I said, I'm probably doing one last, last week we filmed seven brand deals. I think that was my biggest day. It's um, a lot, man. I love yeah. that. And the fun thing about brand deals on TikTok is they're 15 seconds. They're two scenes. They're three scenes. So sometimes <laughs> when I push it and I do a little bit more, you know, that just that just gets me in the door even further with these brands because brands are just so interested in TikTok and they, they really don't know what to do. So, you know, I kind of swoop in there <laughs> as, a, as an expert and... So it's fun because I also sell a I also sell a TikTok course on how to grow your TikTok and they love that too. Ooh, dude, you're coming in. You're like, oh, hold on, let me show you. <laughs> I love that because it's so true. It's so new to people. Yeah. Like, what, what, what do we what do? What do we do? Yeah, how do we do this? Sure. That's so cool. All right, so when did you get verified and what did it take? Is it did it just pop out of nowhere or how did that happen? Um, so I got verified on TikTok. September of 2020. So what, 11, 11 months into my TikTok journey. Um, so yeah, almost a year, I'd say. And no, you very rarely do creators get verified like that. Um, as you know, there's like a lot of submission and really all it is, is you need to know somebody. And that's what verified creators don't want anybody to know. They want to be the coolest people on the social media platform. But really... For me, I had a connect at, at uh, okay, I have a connection in New York who his assistant just left to go work for TikTok and she was on the early verification team and she's like, oh yeah, as long as he meets all requirements, I'm going to turn it on. And it was turned on in like five minutes. And now people are like, oh my gosh, you know, so it really is uh, who you know and if you meet their requirements. So I think you have to have like, um, a certain amount of likes to even get looked at. And I think it's pretty low though too. And then you also, the, the thing that got me verified on Instagram because Instagram is near impossible to get verified unless you're traditional, like unless you've been in traditional TV or yep. had a ton of news outlets. And so when, um, when TikTok was about to be banned, uh, if you remember that, yep. I was in the news every other day talking about it. My dad has a lot of connections with uh, the media. And so we were talking about that. And so, yeah, it was easy to get verified on Instagram because I had been in the news. I was 
you know, more solidified as a public figure. And yeah, now, now I, I guess I'm cool now. I don't know. I really don't know <laughs> what the blue check mark means. I have no idea what it means. Oh, that's funny, dude. Well, good answer. Uh, what are <laughs> what are some of the TikTokers out there that that you like that you're like, oh, you know what? They're doing they're doing cool stuff. I like them, and you follow them, and you get inspired by them. Anybody come to mind? Yeah, I I would. There's there's this kid that reviews a lot of my videos, and so I'm kind of biased because he's so funny. He he just yells at the camera. Um, his name's Joe Bartolozzi. You have to look him up. He is. So he literally yells at videos. Um, he yelled at my video. He always yells at my videos because I, you know, I troll, I troll the internet. I'm I'm not, (laughs) I'm very self-aware. I know exactly what I'm doing. And, uh, he's, he's just a creator that I love. I love to see his growth. You know, he, he is to me, an should be an inspiration to everybody because he literally just films his face. There's no production value. Sometimes there's no lights on and he gets millions of views. And that just goes to show like when you find your sweet spot, you can make it. It does not matter. You could be reviewing bushes out in people's gardens and you become the garden guy. And now all of a sudden you're a millionaire off of social media. You know, as long as you find out what people want to watch and what you actually want to do, because that's more important than the views. And you'll figure that out very quickly if you're filming something you just actually don't like. Um, you can make it. And Joe, to me, is like, yeah, he he figured it out. And his stuff is really easy. He can make a ton of content. And um, other than that, I really like Zach King. I've been a fan of Zach King. His, his videos are magical. If you've ever seen anything by Zach King, it's just like mind-blowing. Every single time, the guy doesn't miss. And I respect that. Um. I'd have to think. I need to make a list in my phone. Well, dude, Zach King's awesome. He just moved like literally ten miles from me, so we're trying to. I'm coming over. To con- I'm driving over him, right dude. now. Yeah. As soon as I connect with him, I'll bring you in. <laughs> I'll be there. I will be there. I love that, dude. I love that. All right. Well, I've got a few more questions here for you. By the yeah. way, dude, this is this is fun stuff, dude. Thank you. Thank you yeah, for no, doing I, this. I, I love it. I'm sorry. I, I, I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, it's good, man. It's all, all <laughs> very, very good stuff. All right. So as you continue to grow, do you have relationships that you fall back on when things go wrong or, or things just kind of bring you down a little bit? Because we all have that, right? We're all human. Um, what, who yeah. are those people that you rely on that are your kind of like rock and keep you up? Yeah. Two, two people come to mind. First is my wife. A lot of people actually don't know I'm married uh, because... And here's why she is quite literally the first person I go to because, so she's a physician assistant. So she's in a completely different, she's in the medical world. She's not in social media. So the stark contrast in our careers is so nice to have because one, there's no competition between us. Like I can't, I just see those couples that are like social media famous together. And I'm like, Oh, that's gotta be hard because social media is competition. You're trying to get, you're trying to steal views from other people's channels. So if you had to do that from your loved one, I don't know. Uh, but that's very so true. she is somebody I can fall back on because very we true. can actually problem solve from a outside perspective, right? She, she doesn't have my perspective and that's sometimes very refreshing because I can, mm. uh, I can sit back and look at the problem for what it is and not because of all my, my emotions that are involved because she has no emotion, emotional attach other than, other than with me. And the second person is, is my dad. 
he's kind of been my, the voice in the back of my head through mm. not only my whole entire life, but through kind of the, the stardom and, and the fame, right? Because he's yeah. been in and out of this world his, his whole entire life from integrating celebrities to brands and brands to celebrities and understanding uh. really high level specific conversations what to say to the media, what not to say to somebody on a phone call, how to talk to a brand, how to sign a contract, how to make sure you know when to get your lawyers involved with contracts and things like that. And just to have uh, my wife kind of as a third party opinion and my dad as an experienced opinion has really helped me stay grounded uh, as an individual and has helped me focus on my craft and ultimately, you know, take take my channel to places I couldn't, couldn't have imagined taking it. Dude, those are good answers. And I could see how both of them are, are super solid. I love that response, by the way. Yeah. And people wouldn't know you're married because you do uh, Kevin McAllister videos and they have that relation to you. Right? They're like, Oh, Oh, it's home alone. Yeah. So yeah, he's home alone. He's a famous actor. Totally good, man. Totally <laughs> good. All right. Do you find that there are times that you're inspired by by people outside of TikTok, Instagram, or social media in general, that then you can use that inspiration in what you do in TikTok? Or do you find most of your inspiration oh. inside of social? Yeah, I mean, most of the inspiration does come from social. Um, I can't remember, I need to, this quote always comes to mind, and I don't even know the real quote. I've probably, I butcher it in my own head, but it works for me. I, I who was it, Da Vinci? <laughs> Somebody, I don't know, said, you know, a good artist creates and a great artist steals. <laughs> I don't remember what famous <laughs> artist said that, but um, I don't necessarily steal content. But every time I'm scrolling, it's like to me, scrolling on social media is, is different than the average consumer because they're consuming. To me, I'm trying to find my next viral idea inside mm. somebody else's video. So, yeah. Uh, let me think of a let me think of a good example of that. Well, I mean, this one that I did uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I think it has like three million views or something. Everybody was posting pictures of their their girlfriend or the girl they want to be their girlfriend to this certain song chopped up to the beat. And so oh. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. If I do that, but with Miranda's song, uh, Macaulay Culkin's actual girlfriend. It'll just make take the joke even further, and I did that, and you know, it obviously, it obviously went viral. So yeah, as I'm scrolling, I'm constantly, and I'll just swipe over to my notes and write down a note, and maybe I come back to it, maybe I don't, but yeah, I kind of scrolling to me is just research for my next viral hit. All right, where do you keep your ideas and notes so that you don't lose them and you can go back to them? Because that's um, and, yeah, that's a common problem. It is a common problem, and. I'm still punching myself over this. I had an idea. I woke up about two days ago and thought I had the next big idea, but it probably wasn't, but I didn't write it down. So I don't remember. So <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> but I remember waking up. I remember waking up, laying that. I'm like, that is going to be so big. I'll write it down. Completely forgot. Um, oh, dude. I just write it down. I just write them down in my notes app on the iPhone. So if you have an iPhone, Good swipe over, too. just like, Pick a keyword. If it's if I'm gonna throw spaghetti on my Tesla, I literally say spaghetti on my Tesla, and then and the moral story is you don't need a script. Just write down a few words that will so you can remember the idea, and then you can script later. 
You know, dude, I do that, and then sometimes I text myself, but then I forget to check the text. That's and it's like that. That's smart. Yeah, and then the other, yeah, that one one half of the story is writing it down. The other half is remembering that you wrote it down. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> important. And where? And where? Oh, dude. And where? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I see. I see that YouTube is is trying to blow up shorts. Right? They just yeah. they just released it to everyone. Are you creating a plan to to go all in on shorts? If you are, uh, what does that look like? Can you share it? The yeah, the beautiful thing about everybody trying to copy TikTok is um, that I don't have to do anything different. I just continue making my TikToks and then I just upload them elsewhere. Here's my bet, um, just in the long scheme of things, is is what TikTok has that none of these other copycats have is a community. Reels, I don't know who's scrolling reels, but there's no community there. It's still Instagram. Shorts, you're going to get a pretty good sense of community because of the, you know, a subscriber, I think, weighs a little bit more than a follower in people's minds. And if you subscribe on YouTube, it's because, like, you love that channel. Not necessarily if you follow somebody on Instagram. They could be your grandma or a friend or just something funny you saw. You're not necessarily invested in that person. I, I think there's much more of an investment in YouTube. So I think you'll start to see a little bit more of a community there. But TikTok's the first. TikTok's the first and people, all the trends start on TikTok. Nobody That's can true. knock that statement. Every single trend that leaks onto Instagram that will leak onto shorts started on TikTok. And so if they're kind of commanding that, and I hope they do in the long run, just because that's obviously where my biggest uh, reach is, you know, it's 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 going to be game over for shorts and, and reels. And so yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping TikTok does something. And I know exactly what they have to do. And I just want to call whoever's running it now and be like, if you can up your CPM, <laughs> if you can just pay creators... 10, 20% more yes. this year, we will stay. But like, if I need to go elsewhere and grow a short channel just so I can do this, continue to do this full time, I'm going to have to do that. So give us more money, we'll stay. <laughs> Dude, that is that is the key. And you're seeing companies finally yeah. pick up, like saying Clubhouse is saying it. Yeah. Twitter out of all out of all companies is saying, hey, we need to pay our creators. I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah. You yeah. do. And you need to pay them well so that they stay and create better content, right? Oh, 110%. I mean, that's why YouTube created YouTubers. They pay their YouTubers so much money. Like, just put that in perspective. I think I made like $3,000 this month off of 80 million views on TikTok. 80 million views on YouTube is like 80 grand to 100 grand. Dude, that's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. And so I'm like, TikTok, if you can just start to just start you don't have to give us the 80 grand but if you could give us 10 or 20 i'm doing nothing else i don't even care about shorts right yeah so that's very true I, i'm just i'm just hoping they have a plan for that and they did say they were gonna up their fund to a billion this year i don't know if it'll happen but mm. we'll that'd see. be nice to see man it'd be nice to see all right so <laughs> look you you have solopreneurs entrepreneurs listening mm. in and they, cool. they, of course, want to go viral and they want to jump in more on social media. But they yeah. also sometimes forget that they can reach out to people like you and partner with them by paying them, right? And saying, hey, totally. can you can you help me out with, with my branding by throwing it out there into your world, right? 
And yeah. I think that's something that's important. How do you think companies should look at someone like you and say, hey, does this person fit our brand? Is there something that they should be asking mm-hmm. that they're not asking? Yes. The ask should always be, how do I follow this up? Let's say we integrate our brand with London Laz. What are we going to do to follow it up? Because so many campaigns are failed. And I mean, I'll take the deal because it's fun to work with a brand and it's fun to get paid. But if I just post a viral video and there's no follow-up, we're not gathering emails, we, there's no landing page, there's no specific link in my bio, mm. the, views are, the views are wasted. And that happened with a brand. I did 1.3 million views with a brand and there was no link in bio. They, they didn't even care if I tagged them and they didn't gather emails. So if I'm a brand and you, wanna, and you want to, yeah, you want to be in with, um, or you want to do a brand deal with a creator on, on TikTok specifically, gather emails. So you create a landing page for that specific creator, has his picture on it, has your products on it, gather emails. TikTok is in a state where people aren't pulling out their credit cards right now. They're quite literally only there to click on things. So if you get them to click on my bio and put in an email to win a Nintendo Switch or a gaming chair or an iPad, you're going to gather thousands of emails. Um, One of my biggest email gathering campaigns was actually with this chair, Technisport. Mm -hmm. Shout out Technisport. Love those guys. Uh, We gathered 31,000 emails from three TikToks. Whoa. I don't know what their email list looked like before that, but that is a big chunk of return on investment. And so I think think you always have to ask yourself, how am I going to follow up after this kid goes viral for my brand? That's smart. And then also make sure that I I would assume what you just said, make sure it's not just a one-off thing, right? Right. Like you said, this company with the chair did three. That's smart, man. Yeah. So I actually don't, if if a brand can only afford, well, Again, this is all just strategy. So I pitched three packages, one TikTok, three TikToks, six TikToks. Hardly anybody can afford my six TikToks. I always say no to the one TikTok. And so we always land on three TikToks. And here's why. My first brand deal, we launched the video and I didn't know anything about brand deals and it got 2000 views. And I had like 1.3 million followers. So what do you think the brand owner's saying? What just happened, bro? Why is nobody watching your video? And I go, oh, look, I'll do another one for free. The next one did like 200,000 views. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. So I basically (laughs) can't live and die on one video. You need to give me three chances. That's why I tell brands they usually love that because I'm like, look, all three could go viral. Two could miss. One could hit. Two could hit. One could miss. That's just how TikTok is. So I I always do multiple. That's smart, man. I love that. All right. Last question here because we're top of the hour and I could go on for a few more hours with you, man. It's very fun, by the way. Great information. It is. (laughs) You're you're a fun guy here. Now, if somebody wants to start on TikTok, because you've got the experience from, from recently growing and doing it amazingly well, what would you suggest somebody do? Say, hey, just just a few things or a couple of things that you'd say, hey, do these really well. Yes, very, very simple answer. It takes a lot of hard work, but it's very simple. And it is just consistency. 
it, my challenge for anybody who is wanting to grow their TikTok is three videos a day for 30 days. No questions asked. I don't care what you post. I don't care if it's good content or bad content. You post 90 videos in a month and you don't complain when you get 15 views every video and you don't call me and say, this is not working because what's going to happen in those 30 days is one video is going to get a substantial, substantially more views than the others. That's the video you dissect. You say, what do I do? Oh, it was my pizza video. Okay. Looks like you're buying pizza every week. <laughs> so the challenge is three videos a day for 30 days. And just to put it in perspective, I did three videos a day for 12 months. So I don't want to hear any complaints when nothing happens in 30 days because it took me 12 months to really catch fire. And I was putting out three videos a day. What will happen is three videos a day will your, uh, your quantity is high and your quality is low. Pretty soon you'll start to figure out how to make that many videos and making them better over and over and over again. And it's just a thing of repetition. So consistency and do not look at the engagement. I, for the first year, I didn't even care. I would, I would a week later be like, oh, what the, that video hit a million views? Oh, sweet. I didn't care. Now it's like I watch it a little bit more. I'm a little more selfish now. <laughs> but back then, I knew that if I got in my head that this video did 1,500 views and I have 500,000 followers, I would be upset and I wouldn't want to create. So consistency mm. and who cares about the views and you'll figure it out. I love it. All right, everybody listening in, follow London Lazarson. Now, every channel, because he needs to grow all of them, but <laughs> TikTok right. is where he rocks it right now. And uh, thanks for being on, yeah. man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate being here. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it. <laughs>